Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy and Nick Verzellini. Welcome into this Monday edition of the Sports Mix. And it's nice to be back on a Monday, Nick. It's been two weeks since we've had a Monday show. Yeah, I didn't really realize that it's been that long since we've been on a Monday, but it is good to be back. Um, and we got a lot to talk about after, you know, a, a busy weekend in sports. A busy weekend it was. Now we'll have to get in this ad read. Brown Funeral Home and Cremation Services. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880, presents part of this show today. Uh, let's get in. Let's start with some high school football action. A lot going on in the area. Two teams were idle last week, Spring Mills and um, Musselman. Musselman. Good job. Good for Musselman. Hopefully, we'll, we'll talk with Brian Thomas sometime this week, and hopefully they got some players back. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, kind of a bad time for Spring Mills because they already had a bye week, at, essentially, in the Washington game. But for, for Musselman, you know, as we talked about it last week, they needed some time off. Hopefully they can get healthy and kind of – become the team again that we expected heading into the year because well they haven't been that team and a lot of it has to do with injuries they've still been competitive without those players but uh obviously they they want to compete at a higher level and, and get some wins back on on their side yeah they definitely do want to get some wins on their side and we'll talk about the game that we had here that i was on color for with matt miller on play-by-play martinsburg at hedgesville game started out n- pretty interesting you know i really i kind of thought martinsburg was going to be able to put it away relatively early but hedgesville was played some relatively good defense in the first half they're a tough team you know they're hard-nosed they're not going to just go in and let you walk all over them even though they did end up losing you know by a significant margin but i think they battled they played hard and martinsburg it seemed like kind of overlooked them a little bit i think heading in and, and that's what coach sherman said at halftime and, and I do think you know Hedgesville obviously wouldn't have won that game but I feel like they could have been a little bit more aggressive heading into the second half when they had the ball in Martinsburg territory obviously it didn't make a difference in the game but yeah you know that that would have been the one thing I wanted to see but overall I think the fight that Hedgesville put up and the fact that they were hey we're not going to come in here and just let you run us over especially in that first half you know only giving up 21 points wasn't that bad second half was a little bit rougher but overall you know Hedgesville did put points on the board which I think it was the first time in a while I think it was I think four games I think against, yeah against, against Martinsburg so Martinsburg they hadn't been able to put up points and it was it was late in that game though yeah it was but it was a nice play and you know and that's showing that you're not gonna you know give up and just let them shut you out which is always a good thing to avoid a shut yeah down. and we we learned something at halftime that coach Faircloth hadn't clued us in on um prior in the week when we were seeing him because my 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 i'm gonna guess here and say that it wasn't a problem on tuesday when you and i were down there and i was doing the interview with him but here's his coming out of halftime interview with colin from friday night keep competing i mean we know we know we're playing the best team in the state and you know last week i think against morgantown really prepared us for this and uh you know keep competing and you know right now we're playing without our kickers so i mean if our kickers are here we got at least three field goals out of inside the 30 so for us just keep competing and keep playing hard and you know keep positive plays all night we got two negative plays right now as long as we can keep going i think we'll be okay what are some of those positive things that you've seen from your team uh three yards pop on a really good defense and, and you know for us it's it's that, that's a plus for us and you know coming from last year to where we scored 10 points as a team all year and right now i mean we're executing it if we're getting inside that 30 and that 20 if we had our kickers you know we're putting points on the board for us all right thank you coach good luck in the second half back up to you guys and i think having the kickers there i mean you think if i don't know if they're automatic three field goals but still i mean a 21 to 9 game against the best team in the state when you're a rebuilding team like hedgesville at halftime that would have given you a lot of confidence yeah, definitely. I, I think overall, too, I mean, one thing I wanted to point out, Nathan Albright had over 30 carries in the game. Yeah. And, I mean, 
they were pretty much running you know him all night and like he said in that first half they had over three yards of carry usually your goal is obviously like three and a half yards of carry and you can uh, get a first down is what yeah. they used to tell us in high school because I kind of ran that that similar wing to offense which where you want to really just pound the rock and you're not worried about throwing the football because all you need is three and a half yards of carry and uh, you know that's a first down every single time so um to do that in that first half did set a statement i think hedgesville again a much better team than they were a year ago obviously and are continuing to get better and they are looking to get back to that five six seven win seasons that they are known for and even one day maybe you know get on a jefferson type level where they could be eight nine ten win seasons even i mean probably not ten because they're probably not going to beat martinsburg anytime soon but you never know yeah i mean as long as the team's building, that's all you can ask for. Right. Because you had, you know, last season where you only scored, what was it, twice all season, I think? Two touchdowns they only scored? They had 10 points all ten last points. season yeah, ten in points. six games or whatever it was. It, so it was a rough year. Anything from that is up. Yeah. And They're obviously on the uptrend. And they, Coach Faircloth knew this was going to be a very, very, very tough game going into, going into it against, you know, the number two team in the West Virginia State Athletic Conference or State Athletic committee's power rankings so that he knew that you know martinsburg's always perennial power but he he just for them to be able to play kind of how they wanted to play most of the game says a lot about what his team's able to do gritting it out and you know as he likes to say playing alignment assignment football they did that getting three you know nearly three yards of pop the whole game yeah and i think on the martinsburg side of things some things that stood out to me i don't know if they can continue to do the onside kick as much as they're doing it especially when they run into some of the better teams in the state because we saw it in the Highland Springs game. A lot of onside kicks results in short fields, obviously, if the other team recovers. And when you know that's coming, you know, you're going to have your best hands guys out there. So that is one thing that I'm a little bit skeptical of for Martinsburg overall. Their talent usually makes up for it, especially against teams in the EPAC where they usually have a big talent advantage. But I don't know. When they play a team – in a few weeks here in, uh, from Cleveland area, you know, that team is supposedly better than most of these teams that they're going to play in the regular season. Or even when they play some of these teams come postseason like Huntington and Spring Valley, I don't know if that's going to work, and, um, given those teams' short fields. But now, obviously... I think Jefferson, you, I think you can't do that against Jefferson. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, Jefferson appears to be really good. Um, you know, I'm. we haven't seen them against a team that we know is, like, good, like Martinsburg, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like we, we've seen them against good teams, but just not the teams that, uh, you know, we know a lot about, I guess is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But for Martinsburg, I mean, you're able to come back in the second half and just completely dominate. Was it 50? I think the final was 54. So you put up 33 points in the second half. Yeah, and Martinsburg was playing shorthanded too, which I think did have a little bit to do with it. Obviously, not having Braxton yeah, I mean, not Todd. having Braxton Todd, and the fact that you could have a running game just shows not having Kai Walker as yeah. well for another week. So, you know that that's something to look toward as well as they get into the later part of the season. You know, can this team stay healthy? Yes, they have a lot of depth and they have a lot of talent behind those guys, but if they continue to have key injuries, you know, I don't know. Well, I think also if that will the confidence things. and the ability that Xavion Kendall has shown. Yeah, he's he's done since well. the first game because in the first game obviously it was probably his, I think his first start in high school at varsity level. He just didn't look like he had any confidence in his game at all, but as the games have gone by, the confidence level, I've just seen spike. Yeah, and obviously he's been given an opportunity here with Braxton going down to be featured more in the offense, and he's taking advantage of that. And that's what you like to see out of younger players, your backups, you know, for them to step up. It shows the talent and how well this team has been coached up to this point. And that's the 25th win in the series for Martinsburg over Hedgesville. I think that's 25 straight wins. Um, also, it's the Martinsburg's. It's Martinsburg's 66 win in their 60 in the last 67 games. The only loss coming last season against Spring Valley. So, right. I mean, that's just it's just crazy to look at numbers like that. But let's uh, let's kind of go down now. Let's talk about more high school games because we've talked about this for the last like five minutes. We have other. We got to hit break here soon. Uh, but Jefferson with the huge. 56-13 win over North Hagerstown. They they handled them easily. Uh, continued un, continuing to be undefeated at five and zero. 
And then you look at uh, Washington gets the uh, 21-12 win over Parkview out of Northern Virginia. So Washington will come in at 2-3 and three against this Martinsburg team on Friday. So that'll be an interesting thing, kind of momentum-wise, for Washington to see if they can put together a good game against Martinsburg. Yeah, and I think for the Jefferson win, too, I mean, that that's a, another impressive performance for them to be pretty much – cruising to victories early on this season that their offense is very high powered so you know when they do eventually match up with the bulldogs that's going to be a great game but again you got to take it week to week and then on the washington side of things i think that's great to see them get a win too because not only does it you know make the e-pack that much more competitive but also you know this was a game where we weren't necessarily certain how that one was going to go because washington hasn't been performing at a level that they wanted to, especially yeah. after week one where they had an impressive, you know, first week twenty nothing victory well, over I think Hedgesville. If you really think about it, that puts them at two and two in games played. Right. Because this you know, the COVID forfeit thing, I guess, kinda de- depends on the buys of teams. If you, yeah. if and you that both have a-, a similar open week, then you can reschedule that game. But you know, I don't think I don't think you put necessarily that loss on a team to make them two and three. They're really they're two and two in games played. Yeah, but obviously I would have liked to see that game too. I think yeah. it would have been a good one between Spring Mills and Washington. But um, heading into this week, you know, how do you get better? How do you continue to grow as a program? Because Washington still is, you know, a young program and a team that is kind of like Hedgesville trying to get better, even though Hedgesville's been a, around a lot longer. Yeah, and let's just check on some other scores around the state because there's a, a big shocker. Uh, down in the uh, south, southern part of the state, that was. Um, let me pull it up here. It was with Spring Valley upsetting South Charleston, the reigning three A uh, state champion, fifty three to eight. Spring Valley, after that tough loss, kind of jumped off the radar for week one against Cabell Midland. So you didn't really know where they were going to be, but they're still, you know, they're playing strong, playing tough games. That's the thing about the Mountain State Conference. You know, every team down there can win on any given night. Uh, you know, Huntington trailed at the half against Capitol, obviously went on to win big. Um, you know, but Spring Valley, Capitol, Midland, Huntington, South Charleston, uh, Capitol usually is really good. So besides like Riverside and St. Albans, every team down there can beat each other. I was so shocked that Spring Valley, not so much that they won, because I kind of expected them to get better after that Cabell Midland game, but that they won in such a handily fashion. I would be interested to see if South Charleston was maybe missing some players. I don't know, but either way, it's an, a yeah. really impressive victory. I don't think South Charleston's as good as they were a year ago. Yeah, They lost some key guys. Uh, they had a defensive end that ended up committing to Cincinnati. Uh, his brother's still there, and uh, Mari Lawden he his brother is or he is the brother i believe that is still there at defensive end but you know they've lost some guys from a year ago they're not the same team they were but yeah i think i think spring valley is going to start picking things up and um you know they'll continue to be kind of a team to be reckoned with and, and that martinsburg game is going to be huge at the end of the year all right well that kind of ends our first segment uh we've hit now our first break coming up here this segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. That's Parsons Ford of Martinsburg.com. When we come back, we'll talk some college football. Shepard, uh, shocking loss the other day. And then WVU couldn't pull off the upset, was close to doing it. That's next on the Sports Mix. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. 
Youth Wrestling is back in Martinsburg. Martinsburg Mat Club is excited to announce we are opening registration on Monday and Tuesday evenings from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the Main Street Athletics Facility located at 303 West Main Street in Hedgesville. Registration is open to athletes between the ages 6 to 14 years old. More information can be found by following slash contacting us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Martinsburg Mat dash club. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for Basic, Intermediate, and Advanced Defensive Handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. When it comes to breast cancer, early detection is the key. During the month of October, WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center and Jefferson Medical Center will offer 3D mammogram screening clinics to women 40 and older on select Saturdays at our Women's Imaging Centers in Ranson and Spring Mills for just $60. This discounted fee helps patients who haven't met their deductible, whose insurance doesn't include one with an annual exam, or for those with no insurance. Schedule your 3D mammogram today. Call WVU Medicine at 1-844-802-2734. Option you're tuned into the sports mix with spencer and nick on talk radio wrnr 106.5 fm am 740 and tv 10 welcome back to this Monday edition of the Sports Mix, and we're in the college segment now. And Nick uh, Shepard was not; didn't seem like they were on their game in the, in, really, in the whole game. It seemed like seemed like they didn't play as well as they had the first three weeks, and that's what caused them to uh, lose thirty-seven to twenty-nine. But a great performance by Bajan, forty-two completions that broke his the Shepard single-game mark previously held by him in 2019 that he had a 41 against Kutztown as well. And that was also a loss. So that tells you something right there that... They got to throw more in losses. They got to run more. They got to run the ball yeah, more to win. they have thrown more in losses. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Bajan was very good for the most part in the game. He did have a costly interception uh, thrown late in the third or fourth quarter. I can't quite remember, but Antoine Lloyd picked it off and he had a huge game for Kutztown on Saturday, obviously returning that field goal, and that's when it kind of felt like Shepard might be in trouble, and and it, and it obviously resulted in a loss. Um, you know, a few th- that was a key moment, and the other key moment was when Shepard had drawn a uh, roughing the kicker penalty, so got another chance to get the first down, and then Kutztown held again. Yeah, and that was back to back. You know, possessions pretty much where they held, and I was like. Okay, Kutztown really has this Shepard offense figured out, and they were able to swarm to the football in particular with Ryan Beach. And I think also Kutztown was a team that didn't have Eric Nickel and its loss to IUP. So you might have looked at that game. He's their starting quarterback. They didn't have him, and they only lost by two. They come in, they have him back healthy this week, and they beat the Shepard University Rams, who obviously rolled past IUP. But overall, it just seemed like Shepard was off this week, and wasn't playing up to par so I don't think this is a huge concern in terms of you know long term but it it was surprising and I think every once in a while you run into those kind of games uh, I think the Rams that will bounce back this week in Strippensburg but there are a few things that I think are holes in this team the defense is up and down and I think the running game needs to get going for them to have success but obviously they have probably the best quarterback in division two football Tyson Bajant and they have some big play wide receivers on the outside. So they, they have some guys that can make up for the, some of those things, but they weren't able to do that on Saturday. So give credit to Kutztown. They came in here with a great game plan, but now it, it certainly makes things very interesting in the PSAC and uh, how that East division plays out because Kutztown is the defending champions of the East from 2019. Yeah, and I think it just, you know, as I, as I said previously, it kind of just seemed like something was off with Shepard. It just... Maybe it was the you know first home game of the season jitters being in front of their home crowd. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not certain on that, but 
I, I, I feel like you, you can't overlook a team like Kutztown because you know they have a great program. So it wasn't that. Like they certainly, or at least I wouldn't think that would be, because it's not like you had Slippery Rock the next week, which is what Travis pointed out in the post game. They have Schiffensburg this week, who really is an up and down program. So it's not like you had something that you were like, this is a trap game because they're looking forward to Slippery Rock. So I don't know. I mean, I think this team will be fine. They have a lot of talent. They have guys with experience. They'll bounce back. I'm not concerned about it long term, like I said, but it definitely was a great executed uh game plan by by the golden bears and resulted in a big win for them and you know i think shepherd has some things to clean up but maybe they didn't necessarily think as a team like the coaches obviously they're always looking for the little things but maybe the team was like hey we're winning we're winning relatively easily you know whatever isn't necessarily a big issue and now they're like okay we lost we're vulnerable we're not you know the best team in the country necessarily or at least not yet so now we know what we need to work on and we're going to work on those things and clean it up next week against Shippensburg so you know I'm still excited about this season I don't think this this loss derails the season in any way yeah I don't think so either now let's talk about some division one in the state well the Mountaineers they were you know they were sticking with Oklahoma the, most of the game probably they you know they never gave up the lead until this let's see if it's going to work here here it'll work now Michael Turk the holder Oklahoma has not led tonight they'll try to win the game with a walk-off field goal of 29 yards the holders ready Gabe Burchich is ready the snap comes back the kick into the air the kick is good and Oklahoma wins on the last play of the game 16-13 Oklahoma and for West Virginia to know that you played with the number four team in the nation had the lead most of the game, or you were tied. You know, you you didn't give up the lead until the final play. That's got to give you some confidence to know where you are on the stepping. You know, on, on like on a on a measuring stick. Yes and no. I think West Virginia though had that game, so they're they're going to be disappointed with that. I mean, and Oklahoma this year, while they are ranked fourth, I don't think they're the fourth best team in the country based on how they've played so far. They do have a good quarterback, obviously, in Rattler, but. I mean, this is not the best Oklahoma team. So, I think WVU's got to be frustrated with this one because... Well, they dropped to six. They did drop to six? Okay. Well, yes. either way. Probably because they barely <laughs> won a game against well, a team again, not and, ranked. I mean, the West Virginia's a solid team. Yeah, uh, I'd say, though, also why they dropped is because this is like the third game where they probably were expected to win big and didn't. didn't. So... I don't know how good this Oklahoma team is, but this was your chance for West Virginia to get that win over this team that has you never beaten in the Big 12 and haven't beaten since the 80s. So, um, you know, it's a disappointing loss for the Mountaineers, and it's definitely like one where you're going to look back on it and say, well, we should have probably won that football game. But, again, it is a good performance, but you would like for them to win, and, and they still have – a lot on offense where I feel like they need to get better but the defense again has been great under coach Neil Brown it's just the offense hasn't been able to put up a lot of points you know you hold a team to what was it 16 13 losses what you yeah. said yeah so um you hold a team like Oklahoma to 16 points you usually win especially in college football but yeah that's crazy obviously they they came up short and, and they're gonna probably you know have a few key plays where they look back and they they knew they missed out on and they'll host Texas Tech this Saturday. Kickoff's at 3.30. Uh, but let's get into some shocking, you know, top 25 upsets that happened on Sunday, or Saturday, excuse me. Clemson falls to NC State 27-21, to and I think they dropped all the way to 25 in the rankings of the AP poll. That's crazy. Clemson isn't that good this year, yeah. I don't think. They don't have an offense. That's their issue. They can't put up points. And that's surprising because DJ, I don't know how to say his last name. I'm not going to try. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But he he looked good last year in the offense. But you got to remember, Trevor Lawrence is gone, obviously. Travis Etienne is gone as well. So the offense isn't the same offense, and they haven't been able to put up points, which allowed NC State to win that football game. So now Clemson's a team probably out of the playoff talk, unless it's a crazy year because a two-loss team in the ACC, which isn't known as the better of the power five conferences they're probably done so 
we're going to see some different teams get in this year, which is exciting, I think, for college football because it, it has gotten a little bit stale with Clemson and Alabama pretty much rolling. I still think Alabama probably wins the national championship, yeah. but you never know. And another game that was a big shock was number or number 16, Arkansas, defeats number 7, Texas A&M, 20-10. And it's just a shocker that they were able to put uh, you know 20 points up, 3 points scored the uh the final it was 17 to 10 heading into the fourth quarter with uh or 17 to 17 headed into the fourth quarter and Arkansas able to get the final field goal to win that game or I did I totally just botched that didn't I it was 17 10 they were up seven headed into the fourth quarter they scored the final 10 points to win 20 to 10 there you go so um yeah Arkansas has been a good team this year uh, you know, these early season rankings too, we really don't know how good these teams are. So, you know, when a, a ranked team beats another ranked team, obviously A&M is ranked seventh, but, um, you know, it's not too shocking, I don't think. But yeah, and then you'll a get nice a, win for Arkansas. a big SEC test this week as Arkansas moves up to eight against, they're at Georgia on Saturday at noon. So Georgia's number two, so eight and two matchup. That'll be a big game on Saturday. Yeah, especially for you know, SEC standings and stuff like that. And I'll run through the uh, top 10 in the AP poll. Uh, obviously, number one, Alabama. Georgia, number two. Oregon, number three. Penn State moves up from six to four. Uh, Iowa stays idle at number five. Oklahoma drops from four to six. Cincinnati moves up from eight to seven. Arkansas, the big move, 16 to eight. Notre Dame moves up from 12 to nine. And then at uh, number 10, Florida moves up from 11, and Ohio State drops out of the top 10 to number 11. And then Coastal Carolina moves up 1 to 17. I like to see where this Coastal team can take it next year, or this season, to see how far, how high up they can get um, into the rankings and potentially see if they can get into the top 10. They're always there in the top 15. Yeah, they're they're a good program. Um yeah, I'm a little surprised Notre Dame didn't go up a little bit more because they did, you know, crush a ranked yeah. Wisconsin team. Uh, so I would expect the Irish to be higher, and they kind of dropped the week before. They were nine, went down to twelve because they hadn't been playing that well, but then came out this game and obviously won big. So I'm a little surprised they're not higher. But again, it won't matter until the the college football poll releases in a few weeks. All right, well, we've hit our second break of the day. This segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, family-owned and operated. That's at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. You can go online to Orsini's.com. We come back, we'll talk disappointing Washington football team loss and more NFL. That's next on the Sports Mix. Ain't got bars nor the charge to call her anyways. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. This is Ben Copenhaver, your local alarm professional at Dynamark Atlantic Security. Did you know that home break-ins are 6% more likely during the day? That's right. The bad guys know when you're away, and they are smarter than you think. Dynamark Atlantic Security has the security solutions for you. Don't commit the error when the game is on the line. Phone me today at 304-671-2158 to learn how to play good defense against the bad guys. Dynamark Atlantic Security. Call today at 304-671-2158. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for Basic, Intermediate, and Advanced Defensive Handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? 
Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. All right, welcome back to this third segment of the Sports Mix here for your Monday, September 27th. And, you know, a team that we forgot to mention last time, and I'm only going to mention it because we got a loyal listener sending it. Well, a they're text. a local team, too. And someone to an local. Uh, Maryland with a big win. And Jim Klein's happy that I mentioned that. I believe they. No, they have a big game. Or they this have week. a big game this week. They got week. Iowa. They got yeah, Iowa. On Friday night, and then next week, they'll play in Happy Valley. So that'll be two big weeks back-to-back for Maryland. I know you're somewhat of a Terps fan over there. I think it's Iowa plays Penn State next week is what he was saying because he said it's a potential trap game Uh, with the Terps at home uh, against Iowa. But, yeah, that's a big one. Um, Friday night, Talia Tagovailoa looks great. I said that wrong probably. But Tua's little brother, he's looking really good. They got Demas. They got Rakeem Jarrett and wide receivers. So the Terps, man, watch out. They could be they could be a dark horse in that Big Ten. Hey, the Terps have Iowa, number five Iowa, Friday night. Yeah. And then next week, they'll be at number 11, Ohio State. All right. Could be, so could be a big huge games game. for them back-to-back weeks. Very big games for them, back-to-back weeks. Uh, hopefully, we'll have Jim Klein on tomorrow to talk about some uh, volleyball action after his week off of being on his, on the sports mix last – well, two weeks off because he was on vacation, had to catch up at work last week. Now let's transition to the NFL. Huge bad loss for Washington yesterday uh, to the Buffalo Bills. I, you know, as a, as a Washington fan, I knew coming into the game it, it was going to be – Probably a loss, very tough game, but I didn't think it was going to be forty-three to twenty-one. Yeah, Washington's got some issues, but um, they had a couple good bounces yesterday. I gotta say, I don't know what the I have to go back and find uh, um the a press conference from maybe Dustin Hopkins. But did you see that what happened in the second quarter? No, they kicked off. And it was a short kick. Dustin Hopkins is known for long kicks out of the back of the end zone. It was a short kick up to like the 15-yard line. And it, because of the wind, it kind of like took flight. And the Dustin Hopkins ended up recovering the ball. There you go. That's crazy. Uh, that's That really made a big difference, though, in the 43-21 loss. I mean, at the time, it was I think it was 21-14 or 21-7. So it could have made a difference. But yeah, they got some stuff to clean up. Obviously, uh, you know, the high expectation was that the defensive line was going to carry this defense and help this team, you know, win some games. Because I think everybody knew the secondary, especially at corner, was a little bit questionable. But based on how this defense played a year ago, you know, I expected the defense to carry them and, and them to be a very good football team. And, and, and while the the loss to the Bills, I think, was expected to give up 43 points, and Washington's given up now 30 or 20 week one 30 week or 29 week two and 43 a week ago yeah that's tough for a team that isn't the best offensively especially now down to your second string quarterback in heineke he's not bad but he's not he's not elite by any stretch of the imagination he, he did he did pull another one of those uh game uh, runs that he had against tampa bay last year and scored a touchdown leaping in yeah at i the mean pile he, he has moments but he's not gonna carry you to victory here here's this interesting kickoff recovery by dustin hopkins via fox nfl fox run skills to get washington back to within a two-possession game and this ball bounces on the kick and washington has it what a play by dustin hopkins the kicker who recovered after it bounced up in the air recovering the kick to washington first down 
I don't even know how to describe the play besides like the wind kicked it further back than it was supposed to be, and it bounced off one of the upmen. It just—it's one of the craziest plays you'll ever see when it comes to like one in a million moment, one of the million chances something like that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you wanted Dustin Hopkins gone like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Now you're now you're hyping up his the one good thing he's done for the football team and. In five years or whatever. Why you gotta call me out like that, Nick? <laughs> I'm just saying, man. You you want the man gone, and now, now you love him. You're playing his highlight. The only good thing Washington did on Sunday. I know there's a long screen pass that scored a touchdown from Heineke yeah Gibson, to Gibson had that big run, but and then Heineke scored on the uh, the Tampa Bay esque play from last. I have a question season. for you: Is Chase Young overrated? He only had seven sacks last year, and people talk about him like he's the next best thing since Lawrence Taylor I don't think he's overrated I just think is it more so that teams are keying on him I think teams are keying on him and they have to I I just don't know if they're using him correctly if that makes sense like he's off the field on key third down sometimes it just doesn't make sense to me it's kind of mind-boggling and I don't I don't get I just don't get why Ron didn't want to bring a player back like Ryan Kerrigan, who, yeah. could, who could come in on third down plays if you want to get Chase Young and, and make plays. He did that last season sparingly. I don't, I don't get it, and I don't really think he's done much for the Eagles so far. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think overall, you know, will Washington be a wild card team is is starting to be a question for me because you know obviously again we didn't expect necessarily a win this week, but. For them to lose forty three to twenty one was also very unexpected, and pretty much have no answer for Josh Allen. But, but they could also just, they could also win the NFC least again. They could, but I, I think Dallas is going to win. I'm pretty sold on Dallas being much better this year. I, either way, points. whoever leads, but again, they'll, whoever, they'll probably lose tonight. Dallas will lose leading, tonight. Yes, who's ever <laughs> leading the East after tonight? The the number two and number three teams will be one and two, and the leader will be two and one, and the Giants will be zero and three. Yeah. So it's not like anybody's getting a huge lead. And obviously if if but if all the teams are going to suck like they have, that last 6 weeks of the season is going to be huge. So it would le- you rather see than Washington win the division but be like a 9-win team and get bounced in the first round or would you rather see them maybe build the team up and suck this year? <laughs> Because I mean, they need a quarterback. Know. That's that's the first thing they need. Because Heineke, while I think he's decent, I mean he's not he's never going to be amazing. So maybe getting a high pick wouldn't be the end of the world for the football yeah, team. Yeah, it wouldn't be the end of the world. You're right about that. You're really right about that. Let's. I'm always right. Well, except when I talk about the Raiders. Uh, Steelers also get the get the loss yesterday, twenty four to ten. They need a quarterback. They do. I don't, Big Ben went. Old man Ben. 58 pass attempts. Well, that's because they can't run the ball. They don't have a new line, so they try to throw the ball. 38 for 58, 300. a quarterback that has a bad elbow and is like 37 years hey, old. If you see this line, before I give you the touchdown line, 38 for 58, 318 yards. How how many touchdowns do you think that already No, he threw one touchdown. Two picks. <laughs> I would think that leads to at least two touchdowns passing. At yeah. least two, probably three. Najee Harris had 14 catches. 102 yards. So that means he was dumping it down a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, the Steelers are, I mean, Washington's a mess in some ways. But the Steelers are really a mess because they, they have nothing offensively. Washington at least has Gibson and McLaurin and Logan Thomas who can make plays. Jim Klein says, uh, Skins blew it on Haskins, and now the Steelers will rely Who are on the Haskins. Skins? They don't exist. That's just. It. I'm reading his message verbatim. Um. All right. Well, before we talk about the biggest thing of the day that happened, we're gonna hit a break so we can talk about that for the rest of the show. So this segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online; they'll deliver it to you. And if you don't like it, they'll take it back. HagerstownFord.com. We come up, come back. We'll talk about Nick's Ravens. Huge win and NFL record from. Did I buy the team? It's <laughs> nice no. to me. But uh, your favorite team. 
We'll go. talk about an NFL record from a guy that doesn't shock you to have another NFL record. That's next as we close out the sports mix. You were staying in. I was feeling like myself full of this is Eric from Hagerstown Ford. I want to thank you for your continued support of helping Hagerstown Ford's efforts to be number one in the region. As we get closer to this extremely aggressive goal, I want to recap why Hagerstown Ford should be your only consideration when buying your next vehicle. Number one, we have the best prices from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C., from Hershey, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland. I assure you, price will not be the reason you don't buy from Hagerstown Ford. Number two, we have a real return policy that's better than Walmart. Seriously, if you don't like it, return it. We'll give you three days to make sure you love your new ride. And finally, we'll bring your new car, truck, or SUV to you, just like Amazon does. Never step foot in a dealership again. Stop the silly back-and-forth negotiations that make everyone crazy. It's dumb, and it's a total waste of time. Besides, we hate it worse than you do. Simply log on to HagerstownFord.com and let us make your next buying process fun, easy, and risk-free. What do you got to lose? Visit HagerstownFord.com and let us cater to you. See dealer for details. Remember that last trip to the auto mechanic? I also think your solenoid gasket is bad. What? Yep, that'll be another $500. Forget that and go to DNN Auto Specialist at 230 Tavern Road, Martinsburg, where honesty is their best policy. Serving the Eastern Panhandle since 1974, DNN Auto is family owned and operated, specializing in exhaust alignments and tires. From general maintenance to major overhauls, they'll treat you right. Call DNN Auto Specialist at 304 267 4078. This is Matt Miller, along with my wife, Dale. As homeowners, we've been through the mortgage process several times, and each time we went to Mark and Cheryl Savitt at the Mortgage Center. They treat you like family with personal one-on-one service, walking with you through the process from application to settlement. Plus, low interest rates and closing costs. The Mortgage Center is on Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Phone 304-267-9040. Or online at mortgagefinancing.com. NMLS number 237527, Equal Housing Lender. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your Monday, September 27th. Segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. And let's talk about a, a big record for the Ravens and a Ravens kicker that, how many NFL, I feel like he has a lot of NFL records. Like He's how many like consecutive kicker. consecutive kicks in a row, most accurate ever in the league? I feel like the accolades just go on and on for him. Yeah, he's a, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, Justin Tucker. Yeah, they were they, but the Ravens they kind of had a a comeback on their hands. Yeah, well, because they were leading ten nothing at halftime. Yeah, and there were a lot of things that led to that. One. Hollywood Brown forgot his hands in Baltimore, I guess, this week. I, I did see a bunch of tweets about that. He had three drops. Two of them on the same drive could have been touchdowns, and one in the end zone could have been a touchdown. So he dropped two touchdowns, essentially. So, you know, you look back at Lamar's day, and it, it's not the best through the air, but could have been a whole lot better. So that was an issue. Also, we knew heading in, obviously the Ravens have a ton of guys on IR, and they had like five guys on the COVID list this week, and they were all defensive players. So I think... You know, this team's ability to fight through all of that adversity is impressive. And um, I would I would hope that they, they stop playing such close football games and start maybe, you know, winning by more than, you know, three points at the last second every week, it seems like. Yeah, but, I mean, or losing. I wasn't watching that game, but I did see – I was checking my fantasy score, and at halftime, the Ravens defense had like 18 points. And I was like – and I clicked on it, and it said ten nothing. And I was like, "All right, I'm going to roll to this victory this week because the Ravens' defense and the, the Lions are zero and three. I was like, they're maybe going to give up one touchdown, and then they ended up leading. They ended up coming back and winning seventeen to sixteen. Yep, they were leading with a few minutes left in the game. And of course, a fourth and twenty three play to Sammy Watkins, 
Uh, there's there's some more drama with that. Also, yeah. Watkins doesn't get out of bounds, so then the Ravens run up and spike it, and then they run another play to roll the final four seconds to get it to three seconds, and it probably was a delay of game. Seemed to be the reaction from CBS that was missed. So it could have, you know, been a longer field goal or a hail mary attempt there at the end of the game. So luckily, you know, the officials either missed it or the CBS clock wasn't accurate or whatever it ended up being. But the Ravens do pull it off on on the amazing kick from Tucker. The amazing kick from Tucker and this highlight thanks to the Ravens broadcast radio network. Now let's welcome to the program. Oh, I didn't save it correctly. Love my life. Let me find I mean, I can do my Jerry Sandusky impersonation if you want. No, give me one second. I got to pull it up. I guess I didn't save it correctly. I don't know what I was doing over there. Um love that it's a monday for you guys everybody listening it's a monday is it yeah it's me me having a monday this should be it it's an nfl history if it's good tucker it would be the longest in nfl history if it's good a 66 yard try tucker's kick is on the way it is good crossbar and it tumbles through it is good time has expired justin tucker with the longest field goal in nfl history the hay is in the barn and it's mayhem on the field oh my god you've just seen I just history lost my mind you have just oh. See and heard history as Justin Tucker, eight years after he hit a 61-yarder to win in Detroit, has silenced the crowd with the longest field goal in NFL history, 66 yards. I mean, wow. I mean, I you know, we talked about coming out of break, Justin Tucker, and as uh, Jim Klein says, give the gold jacket to Tuck like right now. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you've been able to say that for a long time. And, uh, you know, as Sandusky mentioned on the call, uh, making that 61-yard field goal in Detroit eight years ago on Monday night was crazy um, in that game to win it. And then to think back to that he does it again. So he said, like, I got to buy a place here in Detroit because I love it here. He already's got a place. He owns Ford Field already. <laughs> Okay, Nick. <laughs> He's the go, man. Who do the Ravens play next? Broncos. Denver's 3-0. I was going to say, Broncos and They Raiders. haven't played anybody. Broncos and Raiders, they're kind of shocking everybody yeah. when it comes to the fact that they're undefeated. Yeah, but you look at who the Broncos have played, not the best of teams. Yeah. So, we'll see. I mean, it is, I think it's well, What, Denver. they got Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater is solid. I think the Ravens will win this game, but, you know, we'll talk about it more as the week goes on, but, you know, I, you never know. Obviously. And now we'll talk about another game, a game that a lot more competitive in the first half than I expected it to be. And that field goal attempt was almost for not the longest in the NFL history because um, who's the Arizona kicker? I don't I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I don't know. I think being he, honest. Is it uh who, is it Neil Racker still? No, it no it's Matt Prater. Matt wow. Prater. Matt, Matt Prater, Prater, former Lions kicker. Yeah, yeah. Um, he came in for a 68-yard field goal attempt right as time was expiring in the first half, and he nearly made it. But instead, this happened. A 109-yard kick return for Jamal Agnew, or kick field goal attempt return for Jamal Agnew, ties for the longest play play in NFL history. Yeah, well, that's Ed Reed, hence that record. Yeah, I said (laughs) tied (laughs) for. I said tied for. 109 yards is the longest... A football field it. is. Well, 110. Well, 110, but you can't. You'd have to field have, it out to, of bounds. You would have to, like, field the ball. I don't even know how that would count that, <laughs> if they would count it like that. Yeah. But that was really close to going in because Agnew was at the back of the end zone. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that, that was great. And also, we, we should probably mention, too, uh, a Martinsburg, a former Martinsburg high school player uh, was active on Sunday, which is kind of cool. He didn't, yeah. he didn't do anything in the game, but um, let me get the name for you. It was Jawan Green. He was elevated from the Falcons practice squad and uh, was in the game. I don't know if he played special teams or anything, but I uh, didn't record a catch, but that's that's pretty cool see a local guy in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, obviously that Martinsburg football program, one of the best ever in the state, so surprised there haven't been more football players in the NFL coming from that Martinsburg program. But we got a couple minutes left, and who called that 109-yard Jamal Agnew return? It's Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson. He's back in the NFL. Back in the NFL. I tweeted this yesterday. Whoever decided to do that, they need a raise. Gus Johnson, the one of the best TV play-by-play men for football in the game. Yeah, he used to get on my nerves just because he seemed to always be like super high energy but now i've definitely come around on gus johnson because he's just he's just funny like he's he's so high energy and it definitely brings the excitement like who can make a jaguars cardinals game sound that exciting and and that's gus johnson he needs he needs to be moved up in terms of the games he's getting because he got like the vikings cardinals a week ago which ended up being a really back and forth game but on paper that's not you know the most intriguing matchup so can we get gus johnson in the in the booth of Troy Aikman, maybe or, that's never going to happen because of Joe Buck. Happen. But I mean, can we can we get him the the top game? Because I mean, the guy brings it, man. I would maybe Thursday night football. Yeah, just I mean, he he brings something to because, that. Because I mean, obviously, he's not going to go away from his big noon game, right? Because his his voice in college football is one of the synonymous voices. And, of course, the NCAA Basketball 10 video game is one also I remember. Yes. From the corner. I just <laughs> remember back in the day when he used to call with someone, Chris Johnson for the Titans. Yeah. And he Chris also Johnson. has the uh, the Stokely down the sideline play. down the sideline. So, one of my favorite calls of all time. Yeah. I mean, the, guy, the guy's a legend. Uh, we need more of Gus Johnson. But whoever made the decision to have him do NFL again this year, you need a race. Straight I don't know up. if it was just maybe they had to cut some people and they're like, hey, Gus, you want to come back to the NFL? But, yeah, uh, definitely a good decision there. I mean, like, Gus Johnson. Is Aqib Tlaib, though, his color guy? Can we give him something I don't a little know, bit but, better but there, I want, too, maybe? I want to meet Gus Johnson. We're, we're almost out of time. <laughs> Have him on the show. Uh, maybe we'll reach out and see what happens. We got uh, got just about 10 seconds left for Nick Verzellini. I'm Spencer Dupuy. We'll talk with you in 23 short hours.